WMT Podcast, episode number 32. 32. 32. Back at it. Man, we've been gone for like three weeks uh, for, for a couple different reasons. Um, number one, we had, a, we had a fall through with a guest, and that happens. People get busy. They're on their own thing. That's, that's totally okay. So, uh, But anyway, the week prior to that, we were busy doing our fifth 420 Fest VIP all-exclusive <laughs> experience. We're big players in the game. Yeah, yeah. We're known in the micro brew world. Uh, oh, those guys. Yeah, they're back. <laughs> so every year, Sweetwater sends uh, Shane, myself, and Seth to 420 Fest, which is a three-day musical festival in down a musical festival, a three-day music festival in downtown Atlanta, and they uh, put us in a cage basically and feed us as much beer. As we could possibly drink, which doesn't doesn't happen as often these days as it used to. So I'm out of shape when it comes to beer drinking. I think we uh, all are. Yeah, <laughs> but the thing is, we've come to know it's really fun because the it's the same people that serve us every year, and they like like they put us. Not to sound too, I mean we're we're pretty cool, but we're in a we're in a place that you have to like go through two different stop points just to even get back to, to, to get our said VIP experience and free beer. Um, so we, we get to see the same people every year and have got to, I'd say we're friends, you oh, know, yeah. like they, as soon as we walk through, they're like, Oh, there's our dudes. <laughs> now they probably, they probably don't really like us. They're probably just like, we're about to get paid. Be nice to these guys. <laughs> Cause we're each going to make a couple hundred bucks off of them over the next, uh, over no, the next I, think, no, I think we're cool. Shit, yeah. Nikki, uh, Nikki invited us to her wedding. And that was, uh, we were dead sober. Dead sober. Yeah, that was first of the day. Yeah, we were like, we're coming to your wedding, right? And she was like, uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, shout, out to, shout out to our 420 guys. Shout out to Freddie and Steve and the whole Sweetwater crew. Uh, they've done a hell of a job up there. Always, um, even though the lineups aren't always, you know, our, our ideal lineup, uh, we always have a, a blast, and uh, and see some some highlights this year were Ghostland Observatory, hands down one of my favorite live shows. Yeah, uh, just an unbelievable amount of fun. Uh, and our, I think our other favorite part is that the biggest widespread Panic fan there absolutely hated Ghostland. <laughs> Small victories. <coughs> um, so that was cool. And then uh, Wolfpack blew Wolfpack my mind. Was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I knew they were going to be good, but I didn't know they were going to be that fucking good. Yeah. And a daytime show, they played it like, what, like 2.30 or yeah, something so, Like it, it was amazing. It's so fun. We, like, the, the, just, I think Jack is the, the head guy. Jack Stratton, I believe is his name. Just comes out and just the things that come out of his, like it's a show. Like he's putting this whole thing together. You know, just comes out. There, you know, there's, there's several, you know, there's rules to live by. Fee, fi, fo, fum. Fee. Financial independence. <laughs> like starts going on about a portfolio, you know, and you should always own one bar of gold. You know, just uh, you have to free game with his his MSNBC. Yes. MSNBC yeah, yeah, yeah. On, on, on the news, yeah. MSNBC Wolfpack. That interview. Yeah, Wolfpack is, Spotify is absolutely. Oh, it'll get you pumped. And you'll understand. <laughs> you'll understand uh, Wolfpack. Anybody who hasn't listened to Wolfpack, I couldn't say enough good things. I've never seen a group of guys that are that talented on stage who, who ha- take themselves zero seriously. They're just smiling, laughing, 
they're smiling having the for best two time. Hours straight. Yeah, just... it's almost like we can't believe that we get to do this kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, which a lot of artists that, that I work with, they you know, you lose that feeling. It becomes a business. It's beca- it becomes something you do all the time, and you really forget how lucky you are to be able to get out there and and do it. And those guys are still their success is still new enough to them that at least they pull it off. Well, it's new, and, get, and what, I think care. you were telling me or, or something, that they only do something crazy like nine shows a year. So yeah, they don't tour often. They, at all. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's just that. they. What's up, guys? Yeah, we, yeah. We're... And then they went and sold out Red Rocks yeah. after 420 Fest. Like, and you just played, what, Tipitina's like right after Yeah, they that? did two nights at Tips. Like, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it doesn't get what, much are you, better. Yeah. Are you angry? There's no way you can be angry mm-hmm. at that. So just an insane amount of... Uh, of talent there we got to meet Antoine the singer we got to meet him and his mom uh Kiki or uh KK 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 so. Mama KK got to take a picture with with the family and she was so sweet she was thank you so much for supporting my son I was like <laughs> your son's amazing are you kidding me yeah. thanks did, for thanks for making moms, him <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah just un, an unreal talent unreal talented group of people man uh so if, yeah 420 fest was a blast uh it took me a solid seven days to feel like myself again after it um, and, and just push through and get through the normal grind of work uh, and all that stuff. Uh, but that, that was awesome. Uh, let's see what else uh, fucking people are blowing up their Yeti coolers. That's fun. Oh yeah. Uh, my favorite videos are the ones where people, when they fill them full of gas and explosives and then they shoot them with their rifle uh, and these these coolers just explode. But my favorite video are when they have to take multiple shots when they miss their first shot. <laughs> like, what kind of NRA member is this? Are you fucking kidding me? Like, why would you publish a video of you missing your shot? You're shooting a cooler, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so so anyway, that's been really fun to watch. These people are are blowing up these hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of coolers uh, because. Yeti stopped a discount program. Well, Didn't do anything else, but not just to the NRA, to multiple people. Yeah, They quit giving discounts to multiple people, and the NRA took that as an attack on their Second Amendment and started shooting shit out of their fucking coolers. Well, what's amazing about that is that that's not even how it went down. It went down because it was some some dipshit like, at somewhere got a copy of, of, of the email exchange and then sent the shit into Fox News, and Fox News just ran it. <laughs> and so all these assholes just, what, Yeti fucking libtards, Todd, Todd, <laughs> Tide pot-eating motherfuckers, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and so they, yeah, so they're destroying their own property, which is great. Because <laughs> yeah. that's going to help. And it's like, dude, you already bought it. Yeah, it's there. It does a great job yeah. of what you need it to. They, they, they got theirs, dude. Yeah. <laughs> You're not doing Yeah, that. I mean... So boy, boy you, caught him. So do you shoot your tumbler in your hat, too? What oh, happens yeah. with that? Oh, yeah, you gotta burn all that stuff. Then you have to go buy more stuff. Yeah. Oh, it's just great. <laughs> but, I mean, because the whole thing of, like, boycott Yeti, it's like, I mean, dude, how many coolers are you buying? You're like, are you buying a cooler every month? No, that wasn't the point. <laughs> yeah, it's not a. <laughs> well, honestly, if you look at Yeti, um, that's been a that's been a problem because they made a product that lasts forever. Yeah. So your return customers are almost. Yeah. One maybe I might need a bigger cooler. Mm-hmm. I might need a smaller one to take to the beach with me. So what? That's why we have to do these tumblers. That's why we have to do uh, that. Launch all, all this marketing yeah. into shirts and hats. And and canteens. It is. 
Um, you market the lifestyle. Yeah. So you need all that stuff to, to do the yeah. lifestyle. Yeah. What a just great. It's making for, for great uh, people watching commentary for us. Things, things to laugh at. And just, uh, it, it's really funny to watch a group of people who refer to other people as uh, babies and snowflakes and shit like that. Grown yeah, ass yeah. men sheep. shoot a uh, fucking my, cooler. Mindless clones and sheep. <laughs> we're gonna, fake news. We're going to shoot a cooler and we're going to get really upset about a comedian. Like that, that's Oh that. my God. Shout out Michelle Wolf. I know you're not listening to this at all, but fucking, how brilliant was that? That was the best twenty minutes I spent. Tomorrow. A lot of it, yeah. I I thought she I thought she did a pretty good job, and even people who, and she went after the left too. Oh, she went she after went the right and the left, and people were like this isn't funny. Well, first of all, it is. Yeah. First of all, it's it's great writing. It's fucking br- n- yeah. not a, not a lot of comedy gets me to go ooh shit. Yeah. Like she just said that. Yeah, she just fucking said that. Yeah, there's some good abortion jokes in there. People say you can't make jokes about abortion, but I I digress. <laughs> I think she did a pretty good job of it. You called Trump a pussy at his own. Like that. That was so good. Yeah, that was so good. Yeah. Well, he doesn't attend. I I know. But because I, he's a I'm, pussy. Because he's a fucking pussy. Um. So yeah. So that happened. Um. That was great. And then uh, fucking Kanye. We have Kanye. Twenty twenty, baby. Yeah. Insane. Insane. Have you seen like? Okay, number one, I've always loved Yeti coolers, mm. and I've always hated Kanye. So I guess that makes me a centrist. <laughs> um, but to, I'm really glad to see people like my, my wife showed me this morning. Spike Lee went after him, big time. Spike Lee that. said, "Fuck you, dude," and and it's really I'm glad to see that. And hopefully, maybe eventually this dude will just go away. That's what you kind of hope for. Doesn't appear to be that way, but. I mean, I might have this completely backwards. I mean, I, maybe I didn't read enough on it, but isn't that the whole... Like, he's not going... Isn't he trying to get on the GOP ticket? I don't... I, that's been a rumor for a while. Like, that's the whole thing. It's like, it's, it's like all right, Kanye or Trump. <laughs> and so that's your GOP pick. And then, but Which is kind of brilliant, because whoever is coming in on the left side is just going to sweep that shit. <laughs> no! What? Dude, if people... We said the same thing two years ago. Dude. Dude, that shit got crazier and crazier and crazier, and we were like, "There's no way. There's no. This is not. This isn't real. This is a joke. We're. This is a simulation." <laughs> and that shit happened. Yeah, I guess you're right about that. Yeah, that's kind of scary. But the one thing I will say: there's enough racists in the GOP that there's that, no way a they, black. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> especially one that speaks the way Kanye does. I mean, you have to. You'd have to assume that. What he would try to get the black yeah. vote to come out, and then and then like Uncle Tom, Ben Carson's, yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> <Jesus> <laughs> fucking crazy. <laughs> but no, yeah, there are enough racists in there that they would not vote. They, yeah, you'd, you'd have it to couldn't vote left, right? <clears throat> Who knows? I don't know. Dude. People are people are crazy. Well, what a fucking weird time. Who would ever think that? Even if you just say ten years ago, and you said, oh that dipshit that's on TV. Yeah, he's going to be president. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> that asshole that said, George Bush hates black people. He's going to be your GLP <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, his his own community is going after him, and I think it's great. Um, everyone's like, 
everyone's always, you know, free speech, free speech, free speech. People don't understand the difference between free speech and consequences for your speech. Even though it's legal to say whatever you want, no. backlash does not negate free speech. No. It's a consequence of your free... It's a byproduct. Absolutely. You, yeah. you're, you're, tre- you're treading on my... No, 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 no. You're dealing with consequences for your actions and, yeah. and for what you say. That's all that is. No one's putting you in jail for what you said. No. no one is taking you to court and trying you for what you said. You're just dealing with consequences because you're an asshole, basically. <laughs> um, so, in transition, um, we have a podcast today. Uh, two very delightful guests, TJ Hilton and uh, Cole Huffer of Enlightened Studios. Um these, these kids are doing really cool shit, kids. These adults um, are doing really cool shit over da- in downtown Fort Walton. I think downtown Fort Walton is is really on the come up. I think it's going to be uh, an epicenter of of culture aside from just, you know, tourist T-shirts and, and tattoo shops over there. I mean, I love don't get me wrong. I love I love my tattoo shops, but uh, but really, really bringing cool stuff to downtown Fort Walton. And uh, the, these these guys are a huge part of it. I'm glad they were able to take some of their time out to come on the podcast, and uh, and thanks everyone who's who's still listening to this. You know, hit us up wimt.podcast at gmail.com, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. And please enjoy listening to to myself, TJ, Cole, and Shane. All right, Wimpy Podcast, back at it with uh, Cole and TJ from Enlightened Studios, the newly opened, relocated Enlightened Studios. You want to talk a little bit about that real quick? Yeah, the business has been out of my home in Santa Rosa Beach for the last three and a half years, and we didn't feel quite comfortable bringing just an audio and video production facility without adding some kind of sense of community, so we picked downtown Fort Walton location. Uh you know, there's not many downtown areas in the area. You got Fort Walton, Milton, Pensacola, and Fort Walton is a central location to pretty much all the business we do between Pensacola and Panama City. Uh, so yeah, we had just opened up about five weeks ago, right there beside what's now the Goat. Yeah, yeah, which was also uh, well, it was known as Tipsy Pig. Tipsy Pig. Yeah. It was known as Lux. It was no, wasn't it like Barley's way back in the day too, yeah. or something. Something. Barley's, dude. Throwback. Yeah. <laughs> been a that place was hood. <laughs> oh man, that's really cool. Uh, one thing I really dig that I, I'm I'm glad that you actually the first thing you did is bring up, of course, the location. I think downtown Fort Walton is really on the come up, like big time. Um, for yeah. the longest time, just that whole strip, it was pretty much tattoo shops and you know little boutiques. Right. Tourist shirts like free hermit crab with the purchase of, you know, whatever kind of thing. So that's cool that, that, that you know, that, that you all as well as some other places down there are bringing in, you know, We got culture. big plans on the West End and downtown West Side, you know, boardroom and, and down. It's always been a lot less populated as far as any event going down. The gravity shifts to KC's in the East Side. But there's enough people in that town uh, to come to the West End, too, so... We've got a coalition with the goat and all these other businesses on that side to really work together. And in fact, the goat, give them a shout out right now. They have the best food. 
and I just found out why the general manager was an executive chef for Wolfgang Puck. Oh wow! And for so real? for real, and because <laughs> I knew I I know just like when you see a business and you know okay they had they had money behind the design of this you know there oh was, for sure you know there that was, place looks better than it ever has right you know? but when you <coughs> eat their food for someone like me who's been in that downtown often and especially those previous businesses you mentioned um never having that experience until the goat where the food keeps taking me back and we just tell everyone hey go to the goat their food's amazing turns out yeah there's a, a, a executive chef minded person behind that menu and we've reached out with a collaboration that we're working on right now. Very soon, you'll be able to come to Enlightened Studios and to our little sound cafe. And there'll be a menu that says, you know, call this number to order. And they'll deliver it. The goat's going to deliver it in baskets. And it's a specific menu. And they've gone as far to add two or three items on our menu that they're not even going to have at the goat. Just specifically for Enlightened guests. Yeah, I'm telling you, keep your eyes out for the bikini salad. <laughs> Trey hooked it up, and I cannot wait to uh, to work with these guys. What's in the bikini salad? Everything from like watermelon cubes, shrimp, and I want to say lemon basil something. Okay, so like fresh. Yeah, very fresh. Yeah. The most fresh. The ladies, the ladies are gonna love it, <laughs> as they do. We're counting. Yeah, man. Um, that they're. they're it, it's cool. I, I, when I when I first went into the goat, I was I was impressed with the design for sure. Um, man, have you thought about maybe setting up like a like an iPad or something to where people can just type in what they want and just like it's like, still yeah we like want prints out on their shit. We do want to get on that level of uh, especially it's different with you know we have different POS different registers yeah, and yeah, yeah. So the infrastructure I, I think will evolve into something very streamline like that and it needs to but that's we're just taking baby steps so. yeah, yeah um so explain more about like there's so many different aspects to to what you're doing uh what yeah. what what the goal <laughs> is there and and it, it I probably can be a little tricky to define but it's still pretty clear so yeah because you know. when i when we came to fort walden like i said to add a sense of community uh and with a commercial location um a we added a cafe slash bar uh, to one side, so it's 4,100 square feet total, 2,000 square feet of that cafe, bar area, and then we have 2,100 square feet of recording studio, music venue, and video production. Uh, and we took the time to, on the other end of community, instead of bringing a church in on Sundays, uh, TJ, myself, and Pastor Witten uh, started a nonprofit organization called the Downtown Church of Fort Walton. So we have a late service every Sunday at 1130 to really cater to service industry and just you know some of the the yeah, nine the so nine hours yeah. it's a it's a 501 yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. yeah, yeah yeah we took the time to, to do that it was very important to us so yeah we kind of built an area of congregation on the community side as far as you know uh, you know the cafe and that engagement and then then again with the church to kind of tie in and take all the the whole goal is to take the uptight business mentality out of a recording studio, a mm. video production, mm -hmm. to, to make it more community-based, to make it less scary to, to be a part of. Yeah. Um, what what kind of uh, what kind of church is it? It's like, a, what would you say? It's a non-denominational Christian church. Okay. Yeah. No dress code. No dress code. Yeah. Uh, Music-driven. Uh, gosh, yeah, the pastor has already started a, once a Sunday. He has a whole theme is, uh, Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Mm -hmm. As far as the music. So 
he's going to be innovative and he's trying to build a really, really amazing praise band. Uh, so if there's and anybody Russ out there. himself, <laughs> the pastor, is an incredible yeah. guitar player. Amazing. Yeah. Classical yeah. guitar, like the beautiful thing. Yeah, I don't, I, I've only had a couple run-ins soon, but seems seems like a really solid dude for right. sure. The most human pastor. That's what I love about him. He just comes out straight, humble, and he. you feel no... I hate even to say judgment because there's just none of that in his heart. I mean, mm. he's just, you love being around the guy. Yeah. And you don't even know why. And later, man, I miss being around Russ. Yeah. I miss Russ right now. I don't see him, but like maybe once a week. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good guy. Really, yeah. really good. I think the first time TJ met him, me and him were sitting out back in the grass, just talking in the yard about this potential endeavor. and Literally just sitting in the grass. He's, he's like, uh, can I smoke a cigarette out here? I know it stinks. And Russ is like, I stink. You know, <laughs> yeah, that was the first. Yeah. Uh, he's just a yeah, super humble dude. And yeah. So, Cole, you started you started the studio, what, like four, four or five years ago? Something three, like that? Three and a half. Uh, it'll be four years this November. Uh, and yeah, it started out of the house. We started primarily as just audio recording. But after about a year, I got real tired of having my photographer friends come out and document what we were doing so I asked one of my photographer friends what you know what camera should I buy and even though he was a Canon Nikon guy he's like you got to go with this new Sony mirrorless yeah, so yeah, yeah that's when I bought my first camera and man I got just hooked you know a lot of people think <laughs> I've been doing like videos for much longer but yeah that really started just barely two years ago oh wow uh, so your training was just pretty much what self-taught YouTube? Yeah, channel, I YouTube started totally tutorials and shit. Yeah, I started with just you know because I was already recording musicians, uh, and at the time I had started a radio talk show or at inter- or at Thirty Eight Songwriter Radio, and every Thursday I called it the local vocal, mm-hmm. and I highlighted a new artist every week, and it was set up much like a um, like a VH1 storytellers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They sang their songs, but they told the stories of what inspired them to write it before they. Before they went into it, but while I was doing that, I mean, I got to work with a new artist every week, and that's where I practiced my my video skills. And yeah, I just got fell in love with the, you know, music videos, and then we kind of got into small business, working with the Float Brothers and you know, Destin Commons. Um, yeah, shout I mean, out Trey. <laughs> that's right. He's one of my favorite Trey dudes. Trey is yeah, he, he really is was such a cool guy. We such have a, lot a guiding of trays hand. in our life, by the way. There's yeah, like three trays yeah, now. Mr. Oh yeah, you got next door. You have two next door to two you, right? Two next door, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he he uh, he was a lot of help during this mm-hmm. process because you know I look at Trey and his business at the Flow Brothers, you know I know he took a you know a sizable amount out to build it big time you know, with yeah. Chris and I know it's pretty much taken care of within the you know the two years they've been in business. Not to mention they have the same staff they've had since they day one. Yeah. So, you know there's a lot of admiral business quality. Well, that about speaks that, that speaks a lot about about the owners for oh, sure. Oh man, you know? Trey, I asked Cole if we could. <laughs> Pick Trey's brain, you know, and and Trey brought out books and numbers and accounting, and then on top of that, hooked us up with his accountant. Give a shout out to Luke, yeah, our CPA, Blue Point Financial. Yeah, he helped us. Man, uh, I've heard church, I've heard man. that name like five do times. It. He's I got to do that. He's so cool. Because my wife's my wife just started a business <laughs> now too, so our taxes are just gonna be fucked. Yeah. So <laughs> I gotta like yeah. I gotta get on there. I gotta get with Blue Point. Like Jay. Uh, our, our, our homeboy Jay told me about Blue Point as well. So. Yeah, he's super wicked smart. And that's what, you know, when Trey said, I mean, he's just the smartest dude that yeah. I've ever met. He's a young cat like us, you know. I mean, he's, and he's doing well for himself. And he's, I think it's his own, right? I mean, yeah, he, he was. That. He was, Blue Point. you know, CPA working for someone else and then yeah. separated and 
you know, has an office in Destin. But yeah, he, uh, we just kind of meet up once a week or once a month, mm-hmm. and he, t- he handles all the all the numbers. Just kind of like, here, this is what we did. He Actually, makes it I'm so very glad we're talking about this because I got to talk to him about my sales tax. From like <laughs> so this is great. Oh, yeah, you haven't paid first quarter? You know, I, I think I've got to do monthly <laughs> yes, sales we tax. Have. So, <laughs> of course we have. <laughs> Isn't that the funnest? The taxes when you own your own business, aren't taxes are my favorite part. It's my least favorite just because <laughs> I forget about it. It's not even yeah. you know I'm like fine, get take my money. But well, I, my first business I had, it was one of those things where as soon as you have a good month, you're like, oh man, I'm gonna make it, and then it's like eight hundred dollars. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, why? And it was, it was monthly. Like, and so, then at the end of the year, you're like. Oh, I did pretty well, you, you yeah. know. And then it comes time to write the check. Yeah. You're like, oh man, this. Mm. Yeah, it's <laughs> got a little bit more co- complex now with the the commercial location. It was a little bit more manageable at the house. Um, so how do you um, how do you resolve having a for profit and a non profit in the same building? Easy. Just the money that comes in from we, the church. We hired is... a really smart accountant. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the truth is, it's all so brand new that. There's just not a lot of cash flow, and, and uh, so it's not complicated yet. We're just getting our yeah. feet wet. But a year from now, we we are the kind of the business brain behind the church. We want to slowly build it and, and market it and help it become sustainable. A year from now, mm. all five aspects of what we do under the umbrella of Enlightened Studios to include the church, we want to be you know generating their own cash flow, independent of each other, uh, and sustainable. And so at that point, I see a, the benefits of, um, us giving proceeds to the church and, and, and seeing some maybe some tax benefits. But it, at a minimum, uh, the real kicker is just having the CPA to make sure we keep everything you know smooth and, and legit. Mm. But it's, we, we have some uh, we have long-term ideas beyond what we're doing immediately right now. and the nonprofit was kind of a, a great experiment for us. Like we're, we're looking at this and, and thinking long term about doing other nonprofit kind of things. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, under the same, like, what would you just do it under the same nonprofit and just do other things with it? Well, we have I, there's a long term thing we discussed a while back that uh, I still want to pursue. That's it would be completely independent. I mm. think it could eventually be one of those kind of NGOs out there that you you know about. Yeah, yeah, right on. I'd be interested. I, I know you probably you're kind of shying away from the specific. No, so I'd talk about I'd like it to talk a little bit if you want. Sometime. Yeah, there's just so much you know that really. Yeah. You want to talk about this? That's what we're here to fucking do, man. Dude, dude, check this out. So I've got a a background in military intelligence and obviously working with Cole, doing video. Um, We've got these skill sets on the table. And when I think it was last year, I just got tore up about um, the persecution of the Muslims and that whole Bangladesh situation that no one, like, seems to talk about much. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started looking into the reporting on it and thinking that, there was obviously something really tragic and inhumane happening. But then I looked into the politics, like, why is there not more being done? And it turns out in Asia, like, in Asia, you just blanket it, Asia, they seem to have, uh, it might even be formal, if not informal, but everyone plays by this rule, we don't mess with each other. If somebody's doing whatever, you know, we're not going to interfere. And uh, globally, you know, it's economics, there's all these other, it's a tangled web. But I'm not for being the cowboys, you know, the, the world police. I don't, I don't like that approach, uh, especially with our military. But 
for the humanitarian side of the house, I mean, there should be more done in a moment like that where on such large scale, I mean, it, I, the atrocities are just disgusting. Well, we also, to, to piggyback on what you're saying, though, it seems to be we only police exactly where our interests are. Res- yeah, resources. You know, yeah. I was just, yeah, yeah, so, and we can talk about that another time, too. I'm all about that discussion. <laughs> but the point is, as I looked at the problem and thinking of, like, Elon Musk is my dog. I literally idolize the guy, and he's helped me, I think, the way I approach problems in the tangled web, look mm-hmm. at other ways to solve it than, uh, I think, conventional means. So then I thought, well, man, if you could really spotlight, you know, they're they're having reporting, but so in Intel, you know, you'd have reports, but you needed other pieces of intelligence, like imagery, like satellite imagery, you know, drone feed. You needed more evidence because everything we do, like when we when we go drop, you know, a hellfire on a target, there was a judicial process where we had to prove to the government that he was worth taking out. Mm. And so in this same regard, long story short, I would love to have an organization that's kind of like message in a bottle, a streamlined website, anywhere in the world and in our country, sees a problem or is a part of some atrocity, um, natural disaster, something going on. They get on this website and it's just a quick like message in a bottle type thing. And the organization would take that, go through a validation process to verify, you know, what's going on. Uh, and then there would be a, a priority list of, you know, where do we pull our energy and resources. But I've got all sorts of guys with backgrounds in human intelligence, imagery intelligence, signals intelligence, all sorts of it. And at the minimum, we're all analysts. And combining my new skill sets with those and that network, what's going on in Bangladesh, I had a vision of just going in guerrilla style. There's a guy out there you know, doing uh, hospital work and, and with another NGO. And I'm like, man, take a crew out there whose real goal is to kind of infiltrate the Bangladesh scene. But we go out there to support, say, like the hospital work. And we actually do it. You know, we're out there doing the vaccinations, whatever we're doing, posing as that crew or whatever. This is just an example. But what we're doing is we're establishing some people because some of those people come out of there, of that situation, to the other countries, but they'll go back in. And all you got to do is just what Special Forces does. You train the indigenous. And all we would do is get a few brave souls and train them, give them some equipment, even a smartphone, where they could document everything they see without getting caught and getting shot about it. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Teach them where to set up maybe a little camera that could capture when they burn down a home or the rapes and all the things that are happening and get it actually documented and then give them the infrastructure and the network to get that data back, whether it's through some kind of hotspot upload or it's literally bringing it back to the border and we have a liaison that ships it to us. And then our organization takes that, be someone like Cole, turns it into this epic video that highlights it, and then boom, to all the news channels and every media this, outlet. So this is like Vice meets like special ops, basically. It's a special operations, yeah, yeah tactic. And it, it is just brilliant because there's no reason you can't, you got to be smart about this. People die. You cannot go in there facing a the government and, and calling them out. You got to go in there subtly and you got to do it smart. And, um, you know, we ran sources in the military doing our thing. It was always stressful because these guys are putting their life on the line, and it's, if it's discovered what they're doing, it's over for them and probably their families. So there's no reason to, to go guns a-blazing. It's like take a step back, use some strategy, and let's highlight these things and get people. If When people know it's happening and they can see it happening, it'll mm-hmm. change. The, the, the UN, you know, no, they can't stop at that point. There'll be too much momentum from the rest of the world saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. People are getting raped over there and, and and butchered in front of their children and houses are getting burned down. Okay, I think we can start doing something about that. Yeah. 
So, yeah, that's it in a nutshell. That's one of many other long-term goals, but I could see that being a thing. Yeah. Now, um, you're, uh, we just touched on your background a little bit about you know how, how you were involved militarily and, and all that. Uh, so immediately after that is when you kind of started your own business that led you to hooking up with Cole, correct? Yeah, basically. Um, and that was uh, a place uh, known as Green Door, correct? Yep. The Green Door was your was your original. It was my baby. And, yeah. uh Started in 2013, and it took a, a, it was nine months. So it was literally that's why I call it a baby. But uh, <laughs> my fifth baby. But yeah, we opened in May 2014. <clears throat> built a really awesome eclectic music scene gave a stage to a lot of kids that didn't have that opportunity a lot of bands a lot of musicians uh, i was thinking last night too i was watching hope and uh, christian play and i was like man i think they might have started meeting and interacting at the green door but i just that's where i got into the scene that's where i connected with all these other people and um anyways and eventually uh rich austin became my partner we moved it to the new location and by the end of that year, uh, I left to go have a family and uh, let him do his thing. Worked with my wife's company. <clears throat> and then a year ago, went to work with Cole doing video work. And uh, immediately, immediately, <laughs> I knew. I was like, man, this is the guy to do to do anything with. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know how to stop. And he doesn't, he is self-taught. That's, that's how I live. I don't, I just feed myself all this information and experience. But we would sit down and we... The strategy behind everything, even getting into the real estate niche, which he just had a huge convert, what was it, a, a big contract negotiated just like two days ago. And this all goes back to us going to the yoga house in Santa Rosa Beach, shout out to Marie and Larry. And our friend Kelly, who's a real estate agent, had a 6,000 square foot home trying to, to sell it. Mm-hmm. And we had been looking at how do we get into this real estate niche. So we had a conversation with her, hey, let us come make an awesome video for you. If you like it, we'd like to share that. Yeah, because at that point, I'd never made a real estate video. Yeah. We were already Tell, doing uh, music videos and small business and even weddings. And I was like, man, I really need to just do a real estate one so I can show people I can. And I did. Kelly let us do her house. And within 48 hours, I was negotiating a 50-property 50, 50 contract, which uh, with the payout on that was enough to really get us started on this oh, new sure. commercial debt yeah. endeavor yeah. off of one video and I haven't made one since other than the 50 videos we just wrapped up you know filming yeah uh, for these guys on the on but the tell them how much work went into that I mean oh it's MTV Cribs nights we would <laughs> we did market research man we hey we dug in and yeah he was the brains behind that so hey let's do this extra work and we practice and he, I mean he really he's the reason I got where I'm at filming because uh, I always did it as a hobby but Cole I mean, he can crack a whip, but he knows how to get something and fine tune it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I am now referring myself to myself as a master of none, because I just take things that I'm passionate about and I learn just enough to be creative with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't become the best guitarist or videographer or editor. You know, I just know enough to to make it an art. Yeah. You know. Yeah, right on. So, that was cool. Yeah, it was really neat how how TJ even came about. Because uh, I was at a point where I realized that I couldn't take Inline Studios any further by myself, uh, and I was kind of burning, burning myself out trying to, to get there. So I put out to the universe that I a lot of people made fun of me for this, uh, that I wanted an intern to live <laughs> in my home and pay me to live there, work for, work for me for free, and a lot of people were just like, "Yeah, good luck." And uh, then TJ 
Oh, well, especially to, especially to get someone that's worth a shit. Right, exactly. And you know? he's and, and even though I'm very new on the video side, especially at that point, he's the first person that I saw video footage of that I felt real comfor- comfortable. From my cell phone, right? Yeah, yeah, to the <laughs> style that I, I really, well, that people embrace this for. It's just a very human type of feel. Um, Organic. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so, yeah, he ended up uh, moving in and we got to work uh, and it wasn't much longer after that that you know he i think he said what well, he said it was he waited two or three days to tell me but he found out he was still on the lease at the green door oh yeah uh, until may and uh he waited to tell me because he thought i was gonna what well, was an additional expense that we were gonna have to start you know yeah i thought i was gonna stress him out for sure <laughs> actually I, I was almost more stressed when they advertised they were closing i think it was like november or december i think it was november well like the fifth time <laughs> it, was, it was one of those things where I, it every time, because I did it, yeah, I probably heard it five times uh, over that period of time, that yeah. the last fall, but I was, I kept thinking, okay, are there any more loose ends, you know, because that was a kind of a struggle between Rich and I just getting it to where I wasn't on any more uh, paperwork, anything, you know, I, it, I wanted it to be his, it was his, but my name just kept getting stuck on things, uh, and it dragged out, so... Uh, I talked to NBI, um, and they were like, you're on this lease till May of 2018. Shane knows NBI. <laughs> and, well, I tried to get out of the lease. I was just like, you know, I haven't been, yeah, I was like, yeah, you guys know I left and all these things like, um, you know, I'm not trying to get out of a, li- of a liability here. I just think, you know, maybe he could have someone sign in my place. And um, they really weren't supportive of that idea. And um, anyways, this is a whole thing. So I just... To be safe, I was like, "Crap! I gotta make a, I gotta start a business plan. I got an idea. I've been cooking up ideas on how to improve that style of business for like years, and then also working with my uh, ex's business, and then doing. I'm halfway through my business degree now with my GI Bill, and just all these pieces coming together, life experience. So I've been itching to do something again, but I went home to him and I was stressed. I'm like, "Man, he's gonna think I'm trying to redo some kind of green door thing. You know that I'm gonna be like, hey." I want to go back to this bar life thing, which I was not wanting to do mm-hmm. specifically, but I did tell him, "Look, I'm got to do this. I'm gonna. I'm writing a business plan. I got a concept. I think we should incorporate the studio uh, downtown, full of businesses that could use video marketing." And I was really like trying to sell him on that studio angle, and he just like lit up. We went outside probably for like four hours, and by the end of that, we were set. And at the same time, I just read Benjamin Franklin's biography uh, by Walter Isaacson. It's brilliant. And Ben Franklin is my favorite human of all time, and he happens to be literally related uh, in yeah, a strange irony. My family irony. did that whole genealogy thing so yeah, years ago, and that, that's what we got tied to. What, that's like I mean, your great-great-great-uncle? Something sure. like that. Yeah. I don't know who he raped. <laughs> to, to get me. But, uh, so anywho, that's just what white guys did back in the day. There's really, a, a white guy time. from fucking the 1700s. I you raped for sure. Different uh, time and place. The colonial days of old. Yeah, we can laugh about it now. I guess. Right? Too soon. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> but no, Franklin um, fascinated me. But in the stories I was reading, he was. Is this the age of enlightenment? Is what it's called. This. He was a part of that. Um, you know, Walter Isaac or um, um, Isaac Newton, sorry, um, and Franklin are kind of like some of those uh, figureheads of the Age of Enlightenment. And what I like to tell people, and it's true, like historians really kind of concur on this one thing: for hundreds of years, people were drunk, literally day drunk. The water wasn't good to drink. 
especially in the colonies after a minute, but London, Paris, none of that water was good. So they were all dehydrated, drinking ales, ports, wines, and ciders. Johnny Appleseed, that was all hard cider. He was planting orchards, but making money from the cider. Anyways, so um, coffee gets introduced from the east. It's never described as pleasant. I mean, it was literally described as shit, oil, uh, or dirt. I mean, literally just, it's funny now how much I crave coffee and a lot of us love coffee. They hated it, but what it was was an alternative, I guess, because the boiling process, it was kind of actually getting a little bit of water just with this dirty taste. And then guess what? Also, caffeine. And they had not really experienced that, right? So imagine, that was pretty much, that was a revolution. And what it was, was like another scientific revolution. It brought us back to the age of reason, you know, and the age of enlightenment, going back to science. And that's when all these advancements, I mean, that's what snowballed us to this day with this iPhone next to me. To me, I see this correlation between the introduction of coffee at that time uh, and all these innovations that took place. But our, our revolution in this country, it wasn't just taverns and beer. It was men in, in coffee houses. And a coffee house was a place that you came to, and instead of being in the corner on your laptop alone, like you walk in the place and this guy's like, uh, you, sir, what's the gossip of the day? And it, it was very engaging. So we took that concept, and two, I was like, this is stupid perfect. You're enlightened studios. Mm-hmm. The age of enlightenment, this coffee tie-in. He introduced me to the concept of the Chemex. So I started Amazoning all this stuff and playing with it and just producing the best coffee. I mean, it's been such a great ride just having this coffee in my life now. But yeah, a lot of this started not just with um, finding out about the Green Door closing, but just a lot of things that was inspiring him at the time, inspiring me at the time, and we're just like, boom, how can we merge all this together? And like you said, it was all about an approach that has that community involvement because that's where real success in business is, not just from that cash flow from your customers, but that return base, the quality of their experience, the quality of your own customers that come back, you get to dome, it's a family, and then you get to plug into their lives and do all these things. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, you, so you all have been open for uh, still pretty recent, like a month? 30, yeah. 31 days. 30, yeah, 31 just, days, yeah. exactly. Oh, yeah, you're like, fuck, it's the first. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe it's, it's 32 it's days. Time, it's time to pay some bills. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, getting getting into it a little bit, and, and I want to talk about, about this just because it's something that we all have in common. Um, pretty much like the first week you open this this whole rooftop ordeal that we pulled up somehow. Boom. That. Uh, which I can't take any credit for the idea. Me neither. Uh, however, I can take a little bit of credit for the execution. But was that Hell you yeah. and Charlie Cole who came up with that idea? How'd that idea come uh, come about? Can you take credit for that idea? Tell them about Ken Mansfield. Yeah, I mean, okay. So, yeah, it actually dates back to even before we opened the doors. Uh, Russ Witten, our pastor, happens to know some interesting people. Um, I'll have a cool story about Muscle Shoals uh, as well, but this particular time he invited me to lunch with Ken Mansfield, uh, who was the former Apple Records manager uh, who managed the Beatles during you mm-hmm. know, their last little run there, and he was, if you watch the the rooftop performance, he's the guy in the white jacket, and we explained our vision you know, to Ken, and he gave us his full endorsement, would love to have, uh, his, his final book is going to be called The Roof, I think it comes out in November about that, those final days, mm-hmm. you know, in that performance and kind of the relevance to it. Uh, and we're probably going to do a book signing, you know, but that was when the idea came about. Was, wow, what if we did your book signing and had, you know, a band play on the roof? And we actually, once this whole thing came about, 
it was very easy to you know initiate this rooftop idea. I think uh, Ted from the the city came by while uh, you guys were in there for that first time, and he was handing out the flyer for the downtown shutdown. <laughs> yeah, uh, he was like, "Man, you guys should play here. You know, it's gonna be a whole block party thing." And then yeah, that and we're like, "If you only knew, homie." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, and then it just started becoming very real. And it's you know, I love telling the story too because. I think the night before we really started hashing out the details of it, you know, I went through all the amazing reasons, you know, why it could be cool, and then all the reasons like permits, safety, and all the things that you know I should really be considering. And and I thought for sure by bringing those things to your attention that there was going to be some reconsideration. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you jumped on it, and, and that was even more moving. Uh, to see that because I felt like Definitely. okay this guy is kind of kind of like me a little bit mm. you know as far as taking a, an opportunity and knowing maybe there is a uh, more legal way to <laughs> to pull it off but it was the, probably the coolest thing well, I've we ever threw done. all that to the to shit man we uh, said forget all that yeah yeah <laughs> like, uh, like this is this is what we're doing uh, I guess, let's clarify guys forgettable for listeners who might not really understand what we're talking about when enlightened studios opened we decided to put up to pull off a rooftop concert um with the band imogene the band that i manage and God, we spent all day up and down on a lift 60 times loading up full pa you're yeah, like a lift I, professional now. I, I should. Did you conquer your fear of heights that day? Oh no, I'm still, oh, I'm still okay. terrified. <laughs> that that day I was okay though. After like the second or third trip. Yeah, you, yeah. yeah. Well, when Clint, when I first got in the lift, Clint took me all the way up. You were, I remember. And I was not happy with him. I like I was pretty moment. upset with him. Um, I was like, this is this is unnecessary. <laughs> take me down, take me down, take me down. What was great is, I mean, even to the last minute. We had everybody fooled, and even the people I have conversations with now, and I yeah, asked them there, if they yeah. saw the the workers on the roof in the white paint suits that day. <laughs> and then when I tell them that was the band, it's just like they still haven't quite you know realized it. It's just yeah, we we pulled something. Well, off. yeah, and <laughs> and the, the white the white paint suits at first, I was like, this is cool, but they were really necessary because if you hang out with Anthony and Jessica, you can't go anywhere with them. Yeah. Like they're it's it's oh, right. it's really crazy. Yeah. Their level of local celebrity is yeah. just unreal. Right. Uh, I, I, sometimes I'm like, "Fuck you guys! I'm getting as far away from you as <laughs> no. I can. This is not fun." <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so if if they would have just been in, in you know gym clothes, yeah. or street clothes, or whatever, loading up and down all day, people yeah. would have been like, "Yo, I'm a jeans up to something." Painter yeah. suit was brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. Yeah, it was just the. Was that your idea? Yeah, as well? just a, an illusion. <laughs> just you know, because people aren't yeah. gonna really think twice. You know, if you they're not see anything. Well, well, when you presented me the, the idea too, and the thing is, with when something like that, I obsess over things. Just I think for, we have this in common. Yeah, for, just for an example, like we were talking about taxes and shit. Like, I just I wait and I do all my taxes in forty eight hours. Like, I like I I set aside two days and I I go through six hundred receipts. You know, oh, yeah. all my bank statements. Oh. You know, everything, every uh, every cent. And I and I obsess over it over two days, but then at the two days it's done, you know. And so, kind of when you brought that idea to me, I was like, "Let's just get to work. Let's do this. Let's, you know." Um, and even, man, I even like contacted some local. I contacted the Northwest Florida Daily News, and I was like, "Yo, can we talk off the <laughs> record?" I don't know if you ever. Did What's you, it, Heather? Did he tell you about the the whole like how they almost blew the cover? 
Yeah, no. those motherfuckers. Okay, they, <laughs> no uh, way. Yeah. Did they, have they written about that night? I they, well, they they did like a, a picture of it. I think the the actual moving of the building took precedence oh, over right, the rooftop right, show. Right, right. Yeah. Um. But both epic. But I called and I was like, and I, I talked to uh, my my source there, and I said, look. Here's a newsworthy piece you should probably know about. This has to remain confidential for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, I can't have it shut down before we even start on it. Um, and she said, you have my word confidential. She's like, just write it in an email, all the information. So I wrote an email and said, this email contains confidential information that shouldn't be shared. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Like, this is what's happening. This is when it's going down. Um, you know, if you need quotes, whatever, I'm your dude. So they were like, absolutely, we'll send it out. Well, two hours, two and a half hours before the performance, the Northwest Florida Daily News, who they have a huge social media presence, more so than their physical publication, for sure. Uh, so they went live, and they said, hey, the downtown, the hotel, they're, they're moving the hotel, this historic hotel tonight. Uh, man, it's going to be crazy. Imogene's going to be performing on top of rooftops. And I was just like, <laughs> what? yeah. And I looked at it, I was like, fuck! And like, I looked at the video, I was like, it's three minutes into it. Dude, the first thing I did, before, like I called the Northwest Road Day News, I was like, yo, I need to talk to Savannah. They're like, it's 5.30. Savannah went home at, just at uh, 5. And I was like, okay, well, who's in charge right now? Right. And, oh, and to their credit, immediately that shit was taken down yeah. like that they, they were like i'll find who needs to do this i'll get it taken care of and like three minutes later i refreshed my feed in the videos well was there awesome. was <laughs> there was maybe a few viewers of that clip because what was really confusing to me is even though i thought someone walking on the other side of the street would have seen a little more you know because right in front of the shop you can't see looking up but across mm -hmm. at the temple mound you could have seen you know some something going on but there was like 10 people for like an hour or two, sitting over there as if they were just waiting, like they kind of knew. And they didn't make a fuss about it. But uh, I felt like they kind of were anticipating it. So maybe that yeah. had like three viewers. Well, that family that was over there the whole time, that was there like two hours yeah, early, they're huge supporters of the band. Okay. So I think okay. somehow they got tipped uh, off. Okay. I, I, don't think it was, I don't think it was necessarily anyone from the band, but... You know, it's a small town, so they did it with right. class, know, though, and they, yeah, that's that, exactly yeah. what I was referring to. That's who I thought of. Just and that's now. the other thing for it being a small town, like, yeah, to get that far and be able to keep that surprise a surprise mm -hmm. until the very end was until the very super, end. Super well, cool. and even going into it, uh, something that I talked to the band a lot about was the risk versus reward on that <laughs> was so. It just the level was unreal. Yeah. Like there's so we lost power an hour before, <laughs> yeah. we were in, and I was like, uh, I need three other power right, sources, right. and yeah. like and like Cole's bringing me an like an extension cord covered in tape and yep. shit, and I'm like, fuck, we'll make it work. Yeah. And uh, so we, I ended up having to run three different power sources just, and I was like, uh, okay, we already lost power before we even played, so here we go. And the thing is. Um, if we're up there and, and we're a half a song into this performance and the power goes, we lose. It's over. Yeah, you know, you the band looks like shit. Yeah, uh, the uh, the the that's place. what I was stressed about. That's yeah. what I was stressed. About. <laughs> yeah, I think that was on all of our minds. We so. had like three contingencies though. I mean, if it was gonna go down, it should have been only for a second. I even took an extension cord from the Good Lookings. I think I still have. It. I owe him one. I'm glad we're talking about this. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, we had a lot of cords just dangling. Man, that was crazy. Can yeah. we just stop and pinch ourselves? Because it actually worked out and it happened. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. 
blows my mind that we're even talking about that. That was so incredible. Yeah, with I mean, with, like I said, with all the variables, with all of the things that could have gone wrong, um, it, it from I think from an outsider's perspective, it was executed pretty flawlessly. Yeah, oh yeah. You said the city manager came by that. Yeah, Michael Beatty, who is a an incredible. I mean, he's he's got this city on such an amazing path. Do you know Michael Beatty? I, I don't know Michael. Man, he's no. the city manager. He's just awesome. I've known him for years now and love working with him. But he walked through the door out there pumping kegs like a maniac, and he stopped and he looked me dead in the eyes and he was like, "TJ, thank you guys." <laughs> I'm doing a Mike. I'm doing a Mike Beatty impression right now. TJ, thank you guys. This was the vision we had for tonight. Yeah. This was perfect. Thank you. And I looked at him and said, so we're not in any trouble. Like, you know, <laughs> and he's like, not at all, man. Thanks so much. I mean, just boom. You got to, you got to cease and desist though, right? From yeah, the landlord? From three. Yeah. I mean, that not only did they hand, hand deliver one, they emailed one and they certified mailed me one. So I have three. But the initial email, they, it was kind of funny. It was just so unexpected. It was like, so we saw the video. It was like, well, <laughs> but that that but you know what I wasn't even as mad as as much as I was impressed. That means the word was out. You know, Fort mm. Walton Beach, they might not still understand what we're all about and what we're totally doing, but they know where we are. Yeah, and they know about that night. Well, and even I mean, we didn't know if people were gonna think it was something intriguing to watch. We didn't know if we would hold a crowd. Like yeah. you know, we didn't know if maybe number one, it was what a Monday or a Tuesday. Tuesday. It was a Tuesday night. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, what what's going on on a Tuesday right. downtown? And uh, but once it kicked yeah. off, it was just like I mean, I felt like there must have been hundreds. Yeah, yeah, three hundred people out there. Yeah, oh for sure, for yeah, sure. It was successful enough to get hate on social media. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There was hate on social media. Just just from some some people that are associated with your old spot. Um, oh okay. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah. I, but just, everyone made money that night. That's what kills me about this. It's like. I don't go into business with this competitive mindset. If yeah. you have some symbiotic nature, there's win-wins, you know? And that night, everyone was winning. Yeah. The GOAT was winning. Green Door had a ton of business because we pulled all of downtown right there. Well, and when the, it was the over, hate we got, for, we got was from one of the dudes in the opening band that played over there that night. For real? Yeah, and I think it was because, you know, well, people watching that band, not watching my band yeah. kind of thing. Well, oh, he was playing yeah. when that was happening? Yeah, that would have sucked. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to be real with life. you got to be able to say, all right, that's cooler than what I'm doing right now. I mean, I, if I would have been in that playing at that moment anywhere downtown, I would have probably stopped and gone to watch that show. Yeah. You know, you, yeah, gotta, yeah. you can't... Uh, you can't Help, but admit the value to that experience. Well, and the the uh, the new guy who's involved with uh, with Green Door is a, a friend of mine as well. He, I saw him come over. I saw Mike from KC's come over. Yep, Mike like, uh, had the yeah. crew out there. And right when we started, that first cop car came through, and I was like, "Here's so all right, this cool. is the test. <laughs> Here we go. It was a test, and they were just like, sweet, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I saw him out there clapping. Uh, yeah, that whole night was just. Yeah, fucking very rewarding. Yeah, Shane. Shane was a part of it. He set off the smoke bomb with me. Oh, he did a fine job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Why'd your smoke bomb last longer than mine?" <laughs> Those smoke bombs, though. See, I missed that because I was underneath working. But when I saw the video footage, have you seen that raw clip that he has? Which from uh, on when he's on? I, think up I showed there. you something. I've seen some stuff, but it's not much. Sick. Yeah, yeah. Sick. I, I wait. I just got. I had. I think we're still waiting on backing tracks uh, for Faded, but I've got the rough bounce so I can start actually working mm-hmm. on the the live. The, the audio. 
or well, the video. The video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're still waiting on backing tracks so we can finish up the mix, but I can I can always replace the track because it's going to be the same, you know, BPMs. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can start editing now, and I'm super Did excited. you know we, that um, Colby live-streamed from the drone? Did you know I that? I saw that. I saw the... Um, I had no idea it was I saw happening. the footage on in, on your Facebook page. I, yeah, I, didn't, even, I didn't even know he could do that. He's I didn't, been working I for didn't months. Like, you can live-stream from your drone. That was incredible. Yeah. So cool. Well, and even... Uh, I was... I was really surprised because I'm, I'm I get I get tend to be hypercritical of things that I'm involved with a lot of times, and when I first saw it, I was like, ah, shit, that's just drone footage. Like that's gonna sound like shit. But when he got right in front of the mains and stuff like yeah. that, the sound was good. Yeah, so was I asked thing, him about know? that. It was from his phone. So he's got his phone. It's an interface with the drone. So it's like I think it like plugs into a control or whatever. Uh-huh. And because he was down there behind you guys, that was just live from the mains, but. It was on the phone, just like if I took my iPhone, you know, mm-hmm. and I was impressed with that too. Um, am I cutting in and out? Not, not, not with me, you aren't. No. Uh, I can't hear you anymore. Oh, really? Strange. How about me? No, you have no headphone? Where's my snare? Maybe I'll continue. Yeah, I just kind of, it was cutting in and out for a minute. Oh, that's strange. I've never had a problem with that. With that. It's plugged in. You, are you good? Are you back in? Oh, yeah. Cool. Is that, are you, are you fucking with me? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. Oh, man. But yeah, no, that was uh, definitely, you know, I guess my other big highlight as far as enlightened career-wise was, you know, 2016, I got to hold my first festival, which was Northwest Fest mm-hmm. at the college. And then they asked me to come back and do it a second year. Uh, but that first one was like a huge, yeah. huge deal for me. And I got the same off that whole rooftop experience. Yeah, yeah. good, man. I've, I'd say that's definitely, uh, out of all the experiences I've had with the band, I've, I've, I've been managing them almost four years now. That's definitely like top three. Yeah, that was, you know? that was For cool. me, in a different way, because I used to have a business downtown, was very involved with the community and a lot of other things. I had a lot of anxieties coming back because I, when I left, I just disappeared. I was mm. like, I, I couldn't. There was a lot of attention. I didn't want all that attention, and I just I was happy to be out of it. I got real anxious, you know. So coming back to it, I was anxious. Like, how am I going to be received again? You know, I was a guy that did this thing, and then all of a sudden, without a lot of explanation, I was gone. And everyone's been so welcoming, but that night was like some kind of redemption for me. Some kind of like. Like the most rewarding after all, really for me and Cole both, I'm sure, we're just being exhausted as you know how hard you know doing your own thing is. But building that place and getting it open, and having no rest and and making all those things happen to be in that moment, it was worth every backache and drop of sweat yeah. and lack of sleep. It, everything was okay in that moment, and the and the look on people's faces. I connected with people that night I hadn't seen in years. And even people that I used to not really get along with were coming up and hugging me and have been back since, uh, you know, buying beer in my bar. So, and, it, and that really tied up some loose ends that I had made him aware of as far as how I felt in that community. It tied up a lot of things all in that one moment. So yeah. cool. Yeah, man. Um, so what, how, is, uh, how are things since? I mean, uh, your schedule seems pretty full. Yeah, you know? so I had this... Okay, so it was a huge aspiration for me to, to have our place, obviously, with live music as much as we could. And and I've always been, you know, want to stand up for the artists as far as what they get paid um, because I feel like a lot of artists kind of get shorted 
I feel like in some, you know, with certain venues. Yeah, that's that, what I do for a living, you know? Yeah. So I totally uh, get it. So for me, I wanted to fund the artist in a way, but I couldn't, I just literally could not afford to pay them. So I came up with this idea that if, you know, if you as an artist come play a three hour <laughs> show for me and my guest and with your two breaks that I will track, mix, master, film, and produce a music video for one song from your set. Mm-hmm. So people can see and hear what you look like for when you do go to these venues that are. Yeah, broken. you're giving them a, a, a product that has value. So oh yeah, they, uh, they more can make than, additional money. Yeah, twice you know? as much yeah, as what yeah, you know sure. they would have gotten paid. And boy, did that book up fast. I've got like two days. Yeah, <laughs> it was awesome. All the way till the middle of June, every Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. Yeah, is now booked with live music, all in exchange for. They get to do what they love. I get to do what I love. Yeah, you know, and everybody yeah. everybody wins and. Uh, Yes, yeah, it's, it's a transaction. It's amazing. It's art for art, mm. and this is not to make it too hokey, but uh, working with Cole really helped me get my faith back, like in general in life, because just went through some of those dark things, you know, that really gets you jaded and down. And working with him in the, the beginning, he was such a we're both idea guys and dreamers, but I got to be that kind of skeptic, you know, where I'm. He's like, yeah, this and that, and I'm trying to reel in expectations. Like, well, you know, like this old man, like, well, life sometime will get you down, Cole. Don't get your hopes up, you know. And it was just like he kept knocking it out of the park, and I was like, it's just blind faith. And I was like, there's no way that works, you know. This, well, I can't believe this. And where I'm at now, when he talks about that video, the situ- the barter we're doing, it was literally every obstacle we come across. We went outside for this obstacle uh, just right before this booked up within 48 hours, it seemed like, but... All right, man, we really got to book up our events. You know, we, we need to get the cash flow getting stronger. We need to get more traction here. And it was just, that was a short one, too. We're getting really good at this where we just. Yeah, I've never, you know, I've never owned a bar venue. This has been out of my house for the last three and a half years. So I had this like, duh moment where I'm like, man, when I have live <clears throat> music here, we do better at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, with it, and it, it was. Well, too, and, but, <laughs> and it's unknown. It's just the matter of the resources. And that's the thing, yeah. too. We don't want to insult people. We don't ask for favors. We want to be professional. So when he's like, hey, this is a good exchange, I'm like, heck yeah, that's great. Yeah. And we love, and another thing, we love to film. I did it with a baby strapped to my chest last week, and the yeah. video is awesome. Um, and we have a fun style. We take turns and um, we just orbit around each other and the shots. I just love how. We just jive on that. We did yeah. that Blues Brothers show up in uh, Baytown. Yeah. It was awesome. We were just doing our ninja yogas. We're going around filming, and then at one point, a drone just comes in. It's Colby. I had no idea. All of a sudden, it was right next to me. <laughs> um, and the crowd loves that kind of that level of production, and we really ninja it out. But the video barter situa- situation, I mean, it's really... And there's even bands that usually kind of frown on that stuff, like, oh, I don't need that. You know, I'm already whatever, but... I think they started. We're posting. He's getting these videos turned around within days. Sometime and um, I, I, I liked. I really dig the one take feel. I love those. Yeah, especially if it's done right. He he you know? spent it's, pulling it, that off. It's yeah. tough. I mean, it's like it's something that I mean. I pray that, that yeah those have like it's I think tough. Those... To, it's tough to do because yeah. a lot of times you can get bored. Um, but I I dig it. I like the. I think those one take videos are the best, especially if what the artist is going to use it for is mm-hmm. to try and get more more gigs and right. and help them out. I like the one take because it feels like it's raw. It's that's real. what you're getting. Yeah, you're seeing the live performance. You know. Yeah. So yeah, and we've got a, such an amazing sound engineer. I mean, Sam. He's I think he's oh. one of the youngest of the bunch. 
Man, that dude is a whiz. Yeah. He's... Well, I love the room too, man. I love your your venue, that room, that that the venue side of that. I think it was done very tastefully. I think it looks great. Uh, it reminds me of a clean version of the Java Pit. I know I've told you that already. Yeah, that's cool, <laughs> but the way I'll the stage it. is, the way the window is behind it, even the way you have those powered mains, yeah. the exact same. I'll try to find a picture somewhere, man. That'd I've got to cool. show it to you because it's just, it was basically the Java Pit was a skeezy version of, of what you have oh, going on, man. I designed the bar beautiful room. and Cole designed the venue. Yeah. And Sam and him built, it's like 36 custom sound panels. Or yeah. I don't know. It was panels, yeah. a huge project. It seemed like every day, the entire <laughs> several months we were building, that that was some, going on at some point. You'd always smell like spray adhesive. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, it was just, oh man, so much work. And I'm thankful I didn't have to do that, actually. I mean, I helped get materials, but they did all that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, the, the sound in there, it's in the pocket. Like, if you're in that main event hall and you walk back to that hallway, you hear the, the the sound change immediately right there when there's live music, and when you walk back into that venue space, it's just it's solid, it's mm-hmm. full, it's like very full. That's what's so beautiful about it. Yeah, because we needed it to be versatile, because uh, people will still walk into that room and say, "Where's the recording studio?" Yeah, and I'm like, "You're in it." Yeah, you know, this is it. You know, but there's like kind of like a dead space that we don't really use for recording right in, in the center. And you'll see that's not there's no panels right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the stage is wired up for recording with the panels, and then in the back half is for session. You know, we'll set up the drummer first, put him to a click, put panels around him. He'll yeah. record, and then the guitar comes in. And we can even do them off the floor as bands because we built all these extra panels to the trifolds and the bifolds. Yeah, so it took a lot of, a lot of thought and design. Uh, but I mean, I've got three people on my staff now that all went through the music program. Mm. You know, at the college. Yeah, what's what's your uh, capacity in that room? A hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I, I think, I, I definitely think you'd pull off like some ticketed events. That's, you know what that's, I'm saying? I think the big plan. Because one thing I like about those, because I used to look at it like, man, no one's going to want, you know, because the Green Door initially, the, it was such a small spot. And I did a few events like that where it's ticketed and there's a limited seating. But it's awesome because it's like your own MTV Unplugged. It's mm-hmm. exclusive. You get this intimacy with the artist or the band. Um, and people pay for that value. And as, as a venue, and now that we have this cafe, if we deliver on the service that night, you know, with some specials and, and different things, like, oh, yeah. And once our outback is finished with the, becoming our front, you know, pulling off Brook Street, it's going to be epic. Yeah. And that'll probably increase our capacity. Um, we got to go through the, the uh, floor plans and everything with the, the uh, health department and the city and whatnot. But I think by the end of the summer, that outback's going to be popping. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, uh, I really, like I said, man, I really dig what you guys are doing over there. It's a beautiful spot. Congratulations on that, by the way. I know <laughs> it took, you, uh, I know it took a ton of work. Um, and man, I'm just stoked to to know you guys now. Yeah, um, oh, I, same I, here. You know, we got nothing but love for you, man. You yeah. you helped us do that thing and working with you. Like, yeah, we had you back over just to pick your brain, man. It's uh, the best part about this journey is this these connections right here. Yeah, it's. I feel like we're all going places and. This is just kind of a foundation. We're all on this one path, but for some reason we keep converging on points. I see us doing other things, you know. Mm-hmm. In it's the a future. cool industry to be in yeah. where we are at this point in time. Yeah. You know, from because I was born and raised in Nashville. You know, I've like said three, you know, three and a half years is what I've been doing with Enlightened. But you know, prior to that, I've always you know made music and mm-hmm. you know played around with stuff like that. But to be and I. 
you see it, it's growing rapidly, you know, very rapidly. And there's a lot of talented people coming out yeah. here. Yeah, so much talent here. And I think it's only a matter of time that this becomes uh, like a hub for mm-hmm. talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just happy to be a part of it. You yeah, know? man, I saw this study that the other day that, that was supposedly like kind of supposed to be a negative slanted study talking about how uh, there's a huge gap right now because there's uh, – they need skilled laborers now, like welders mm. and uh, electricians and people in jobs like that. Uh, but th- there's a shortage of people wanting to do those jobs. And I was like, I don't think, I think that's a really good problem. Because <laughs> right. like, people like us are saying, you know, no, I, I could, yeah, I could go be an electrician. I could go do that, but fuck, I don't want to do that. Yeah. This is, and, and that's really inspiring to me. And what you just described is basically the point of what we do on this podcast. Oh, um, we have people in here who are doing their own thing. I try to, you know, try to uh, tie some sort of common thread between personality traits, stories, whatever, to hopefully maybe inspire someone else who's sitting in an office frying under uh, fluorescent lights, you know, yeah. nine to five yeah. to say, can you I, know. Can I say something on that point? Then? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So uh, I think one of the, if someone is would listen to this looking for any kind of key to success, it's not just drive and passion diligence. I mean, it, it is that literal adult thing. You have to get out of bed every day. And Cole knows that was really hard for me sometimes. And you got to make it happen. But what, in my experience, soldiering, you know, when I was a sergeant in the Army and my first green door uh, and then this now, um, you got to get the right team. You know, it's this A team mentality, and and the way to do that um, is, is to manage uh, effectively, but to manage through inspiring them by being the badass, being the guy that's working the hardest, doing the most, so that they're always compelled to do more. And mm-hmm. that's why working with Cole has helped us get here. Because otherwise, I'll get distracted with all the million things I'm trying to sort out. But working with him, it's like boom, boom, boom. But if you make everyone see the same mission you know in the army we said mission first everything else it was mission first and then don't leave a man behind Mm. but if someone had to go down to fulfill the mission that that was the life and so with business too it's like we have a mission and my mission at the green door kind of similar to this as far as that community building and it was a different specific business and a different uh, approach to community building but i have to give credit to you know case and uh, Kyle and Josh and Scooter and Nathan and all these people that were a part of that as the team because otherwise I couldn't have done it on my own. Steve Golden helped me build it. Uh, Laura helped me get it open. And here at the green at the uh, the new uh, Enlightened 2.0, we have Sam that we talked about. We have Asa, who's a songwriter, interning for the sound department, doing awesome things. He's like the biggest sweetheart ever, too. He is. And Brian, <laughs> uh, then another sweetheart, Brian, Cole's best friend, um, he's our bar manager and he's, he's killing it. And then we have, uh, Carly helping out and she's, uh, also helps. It works at float brothers and an awesome person. Um, but we have all these people, Colby and, and others, Matt's coming soon. Like it's just, if you have that team and you got to get the people that have humility, the people that have accountability, but the people that adopt the same mission, mm-hmm. if we all come together like the Beatles and go toward that one thing, then everyone's invested in that. And and no matter their day and no matter how tired they are, you know, they're invested in helping you accomplish that goal and you're all in it together. Mm. So it really is just if you find, you know, whether it's, you know, your mission is to sell the most hot dogs on the street, whatever that mission is, like you have to have a team that adopts that mission and then you gotta manage by being the badass. Yeah. Um and you gotta manage with love too. Like you gotta remember every day, you know, everyone's just as human as you are and, you know, show them show them a little 
you know, slap them on the wrist if you need to, but make sure you give them a hug and let them know everything's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. So. <clears throat> well, I think you also need to make sure that they, uh, you can't have anybody working with you or, or for you uh, that doesn't feel like they're invested in what you're doing as well. Mm-hmm. And I think you all pulled that off with your staff too, for sure. They're so like great. they definitely, like they definitely feel like they're, they're in on something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They are if they stay. And, and no, they really are. If they're I mean, listening. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, gr- growth for Enlighten was exponential by adding people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we're just trying to find balance again. I, I'm having to, after having that, you know, being out of the house for, for so long, I'm having to un-introvert myself. Because mm-hmm. you know, T's like, you need to be out there shaking hands. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, this is a, that's the biggest part. It's the biggest distraction. And honestly... I love it, but right now it's like I wish I had like a doppelganger or like a, a clone. Mask. Yeah, because <clears throat> all I, the time I got all so much to do behind the bar, but that's where they catch yep. me. And it's like, but those conversations, I mean, that's part of the business. And then also that's a part of things like this moment now. And it's just every every moment matters, and you just got to be in it. And then you got to, you know, lose a little sleep to get some things done later. But uh, one last shout out because I wanted to add this in the story earlier. Last year I was coming out of a thing that wasn't so great. And I was living in Gulf Breeze, and so I started going out to the 30A uh, songwriter radio uh, songwriter radio coffee yeah. shop. Have you been there? Oh, yeah, I love Shannon and Josette. Yeah, yes, for sure. right. So Josette, I go to her, and I pour my heart out about what I was going through, and I started connecting, and I would my, my van would fill up with friends in, in Fort Walton and Gulf Breeze. I'd take everyone out there, spoken word and open mic, and very quickly I'm like, you know what, I just want to move out here, get away from everything. And um, I asked her and Jasmine one night, I was like, hey, uh, how can I find affordable living out here and fast? And they're the ones that's, oh my God, you know, Cole Huffer. I'm like, you know, I know that name, I think. And, and light studios seem kind of familiar, but I'd been <clears throat> off the scene for a minute too. And it's just so many, when we finally sat down and it was just, uh, Josette came over there with some coffee and she just like made a big fuss. She was like, you guys don't even know the energy right now. <laughs> and, you know, we didn't even know each other. We're like, cool. All right. You know, like, all right, Josette, we love you. But for real, I mean, she knew, she saw it. Yeah. Josette saw this from the beginning mm-hmm. and um, couldn't love them more. And it's the only, only one thing that makes me sad about my life right now, because everything else is so amazing, is that I just can't make it out there yeah. right now. And uh, It's a trek. It is, yeah. You're 45 minutes from Fort Walton. You yeah, know? well, on Mondays and Tuesdays, the days that I would usually go out there for events, um, I'm full-time at, at the Sound Cafe, so we just got to share the community for now and... Once I can free up, I'll be back out there when I can. Yeah. I just love that place. Yeah, me and the kids are still there every Wednesday. Yeah. Sometimes Monday and Wednesday. They love hanging out there. That's kind of our like our time. Oh, yeah, yeah, Get yeah. out the house and we Man, that play chess. Salad, bro. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Oh, all of it. And you know, they inspired out. a lot of what we're doing, too. I mean, they really did. We love the plug-in of their their radio in the cafe they do. Well, done, a lot of, there's a lot of similarities uh, between... You know, they started out of their home. Yeah, that that was um, really the underlying, like, okay, yeah. I think this is how we do this. I mean, take Shannon and Josette, for example. They had an internet radio station yeah. that they had at their home for a couple of years, and they probably had the same, well, how do we get it into the community? Well, we, you know, we offer things, you know, mm-hmm. uh, goods and services. And, yeah, at the end of the day, yeah, that's kind of yeah. what we based it off of was that business model because uh, I needed something like that. I didn't feel comfortable just putting a recording studio. There's enough of those out there, mm-hmm. you know. So what I love about that sh- coffee shop specifically is they have a small selection of all the things, and everything is amazing and consistent. And I go in there, and I want red wine, and they only have, like, the one red. 
And it's perfect. I mean, that's really, you could run a place with a house cab and you're fine. And it's, I love their wine. I don't, I cannot remember what it is. It's probably a house cab, but it's, it's right on point. All of it. Mm-hmm. Every little sandwich, every salad. Um, I love that about what they've done in that small space. You know, they've really mm-hmm. maximized, uh, all that. So yeah, for sure. Well, huge shout out to them. Huge shout out to you guys. Congratulations on your new spot. Thanks brother. Uh, hopefully, <clears throat> you know, a year from now we'll, we'll, we'll do this again. Oh yeah. We'll have and, all sorts uh, of interesting stuff to talk about. And, sure. and we'll be talking See about what, more yeah. crazy shit we've done at your spot, man. Yeah. Cause we have to I figure out so. how to out- outdo the roof. We got plans. We got, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> Helicopters. Just, just don't invite Matt Gates into your spot. Right? <laughs> just don't fucking do that. What Matt That's Gates a, was in my spot two days ago. Oh, really? We talked for an hour. Really? How? What do you mean how? Like how? <laughs> I, I got I got love for Matt Gates. Really? Really? You, Fair enough. That's it's, fine. It's uh. I be, don't. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. <laughs> He's an intelligent politician. <clears throat> But really, right here and right here, uh, it's not there. It would surprise you. Yeah. It surprise you. It's like the fucking Tin Man. No, no, it's. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to say too much because he's, you know, the GOP star. But uh, I'd say, you know, I'm a libertarian. Yeah. And in many ways, I would say that he and I align on some things that would surprise you. Yeah. You know, and honestly, I admire how graceful he is about. You know, he gets a lot of the protest of these Gates days and, and the things that he does, and he knows that there's a, a group of people that are going to hate him no matter what because he's got to be pro-Trump and all those things, but um, he handles it so well. And no one he, has to be pro-Trump. Yeah. That's a fucking lie. <laughs> it's all, yeah, it's all a choice. That's but, a cop-out. But, hey, you know, people trying to get places, like, I, I don't mind a little politics. I like I like ambition, and I like people that, have the the brains to know like hey if I want to get from here to there without selling my soul you know what what role can I take because sometimes you can't change an institution from the outside but you can always change it from the inside and now, the GOP needs and that was that kind, kind of, of another vote. underlying thing for this commercial endeavor is we really want just like most people want to implement change you know obviously the world but it all starts with your community and there's really no way of really having a hand in that and any kind of control unless you get involved with the politics. Yeah, this is step one. I, city council elections are next year, brother. I, yeah. I might be doing it up. We are, we're just planting seeds. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, I think you uh, you ran into Schmidt the other day. He's a good guy to know, too. Love that area, guy. For yeah. sure. And he loves the place. And he was yeah. there that t- on yeah. the rooftop night, yeah. man. Yep. So... Well, guys, I know you're crazy busy. Thanks for coming by. Hey, man, thanks for having the, us. Thank the, you so the, much, man. The namesake nest, or the the Wimty, <laughs> the, the Wimty Studios. I know it's not this nearly spot, as impressive. By the way, this spot is amazing. <clears throat> yeah. Like, when we pulled up back there, I'm like, you kidding me? Like, this, <laughs> I, yeah, until you see my room, cool, and you're like, man. fuck, we're recording in a closet. <laughs> no, no, this is this is how I do it up. This really, I mean. Uh, this is my second home. I spent a lot of time in this I room. I see why. I love, I love the. Uh, yeah, I need to get them framed, man. Those so, are all super cool. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. So, but uh, thanks, boys. We'll yeah. talk to you soon. Thanks, bro. All right.